Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Chris Carapetta is an alt country and Americana artist from Sydney who released the EP I'm Not a Stranger last year and recently released the quite lovely album Nothing Left to Lose and I'm going to ask him all about it. Hi Chris. Hi Sophie, how are you? I'm very well thank you. You've had a great time listening to this album which uh, is thought-provoking but also like a balm, a musical balm in so many ways. So um, there's a lot in it to love Uh, but I wanted to start by saying that although it's the title of a song on the album, Nothing Left to Lose is also the statement of intent for the album, I think. So I'm wondering when you arrived at the point that you felt like you had nothing left to lose. Uh, feels like a perpetual state sometimes, but <laughs> I'm joking. But um, some, some days. existential statement, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. On, on some levels, sometimes I could I could suggest that that's probably uh, the case, but no. Um when I arrived at that, well, I think, yeah, I think when you kind of get to a point where everything feels like it's just a bit harder than it should be and nothing quite seems to go your way and you just got to try to break through that and find new ways to, um, to, to, to oh, you know, to get on top of things and just, yeah. So I think that's probably where that was coming from at the time it it's it's been a while a lot of those songs i wrote quite a while ago so it's sort of having to revisit some of the thoughts is is, it's a bit vague sometimes you know it's not as fresh in my mind as it was back then obviously so yeah but um and i've been playing those songs for quite a while so yeah so They've taken on new meanings as well as they've evolved. Yeah, right. Hmm. Do you ever feel like as a songwriter that you have nothing left to lose, that you feel like you've kind of exhausted some opportunities or ideas and it's just like, well, I'm here at at the ground level and I'm going to build myself up again as a songwriter? Well, I think think you've always got nothing left to lose. You're always, I, I mean, I feel that I'm always throwing myself out there. You know, I come, most of the songs come from a, a real place, things that I've lived, and you know, I feel like if you if you're being authentic and genuine, you know, that's part of the journey. I think, and um, yeah, finding a way to do that in a way that people can connect to as well and connect with is it's it's not easy. Not everyone can do it, and I feel like I'm doing okay at it. I don't think I'm, <laughs> you know, but it's always a work in progress. It's something you you aspire to do better next yeah. time, you know, as well. The songs on the album are a very honest examination of experiences and emotions, your experiences sure. and emotions, I think. Um, have you always been like that as a songwriter from your very first song? Uh, I think early on because I started writing a lot of stuff in my late teens, early 20s, and there was elements of that. But I think once I got past that point, then I definitely felt that that was where you know, I felt more. I I could connect. I could connect with the songs if I felt they were coming from a real place rather than a story. As such, I don't feel like I'm a storyteller so much, but it's usually coming from a place of real experience. Yeah. And do you find that the audience connects to that as well? Like that, it's it's almost like an invitation to them to come up and tell you that it's connected with them or or elements of their own lives. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily seeking that. I just think this is this is my story. I'm putting it out there. This is the format and forum that I choose to do that. And you know, if people find something in that, then then that's great. And you know, there have been many over the years and still are. So yeah, I, you know, that's kind of where I feel comfortable. So I'm gonna keep plodding along that path. Yeah. I don't know that it's plodding so much. It seems to be flowing very nicely. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, what was the first song you wrote for the album? Uh, it probably very well could be that one, actually. Uh, uh, no, it's not, actually. Or is it? Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it is, actually. That, that probably was the, yeah, that was the, that was kind of the, the Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. So you said, you know, you wrote these songs quite a while ago and you've played them quite a bit since. Mm. Do you find, I mean, you know, once you've committed them to an album, obviously they're on the album. Are there any that that, that since you've played them a bit now, you think, oh, maybe I didn't want that on the album? Or are there songs that you left off the album that you wish you'd put on? No, I think that's the right, that's the right balance of songs. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I think... I think now that because um, I mean for a long time I had to pl I played them kind of solo as well. So I mean I did did occasionally do band gigs when I lived in the mountains and around the around the time when I wrote them originally. And so I got to play them a few times, but it was a kind of a long time between doing that and when I actually finally got around to recording it. And so I'd had a bit of time to be with them for a long time, and I, and I always knew where I wanted them to go ultimately in terms of the. The arrangements and the production and i think i think it's about right with where it's mm -hmm. ended up but um but no i think i think it like if anything the most recent song that's on that of that collection which is making me smile the miracle mile that was kind of the last song that i wrote of that batch and it probably least fitted with the rest of the stuff that's there but it somehow still i found a way to make it work with everything and I was going to hold that back and keep that for something later but I thought no it was a strong song and I felt I had enough people around me telling me it was a good enough song to be included so I kind of ran with that so yeah and I actually did have a question already written about that song <laughs> <laughs> it is a it is a suburb um in Sydney in the inner west of Sydney that has quite a few music venues yep. so that might be one reason to prompt it but what what prompted you to write a song about a suburb um, I'd heard a couple other songwriters write songs about Marrickville particularly, and I thought as a bit of fun, I want to see if I could do it. I've never tried to do that per se, and so it was the kind of song that wrote itself in about 15, 20 minutes, with, right. which is fair, it's fairly rare because a lot of songs for me are long, drawn-out processes, you know, they're not always immediate, and that one was certainly one that was it, it just kind of fell out of me something <laughs> it yeah. just appeared um I channeled something and there it was so yeah. on that particular day but um um and in fact I was sitting right pretty much as I am right now talking to you when I did it so yeah but um yeah one wonders if, because as you said, you sort of set yourself the task of doing it. You thought other mm. people have done this. I'm going to give it a go. Whether that actually freed you a little bit for the song to come out quickly. Well, I think it did, I, and I think once I kind of, because I and I'm not someone who writes to a 
a title or like it's that's like I said that's completely unconventional for the way I would normally write so as I said it was more of a challenge than anything just to see how that would go and I said once I kind of had that line the the you know making me smile on the marriageable mile it kind of as I said that was the catalyst to kickstart it and yeah, yeah. off it went <laughs> Now you kind of wrote itself from there. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you co-written at least one of the one of the songs on the album, which is "Golden Light." Do you yep. co-write much? Uh, I've dabbled in it. I don't generally. That was a song that I was sort of tinkering with that night, and I got Loretta in to just see if she could add anything of use to it. And you know, so it was just sort of something I was strumming along one night, just seeing where it would go, and. It kind of, yeah, she added some bits that I wouldn't have necessarily, you know, come up with, but it was, the, the, yeah, the core of the song was there, but there was some collaborating on that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I guess, yeah, songwriter, and I I hear this from other songwriters that having having a co-writer can just bring a different perspective and sometimes solve a, a log jam that you're in. Yeah, yeah, because I said, but considering, like I said earlier, most of the songs are coming from my personal experience or take on things, it's sort of, it's not an easy thing to allow other people into that process necessarily. And it's not, you know, as I said, I've done it a few times over the years and, and some good things have come from it. It's not something I'm, I don't necessarily go seeking it out, but if it's the right place and right time and it happens to work, then great. And if it doesn't, then I'll keep going. <laughs> you know, yeah. The way I, I normally do, I suppose, but yeah, but you know, but I, I want to be able to co-write more as well. That's something I, feel like you know particularly in this case where it's 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 a solo project i guess and it's driven mm-hmm. by me but if i was in a band context well that would probably be or if i was writing as part of a band well, that might be a very different experience. and you do have a, a background working with others you were in a duo at one point um do you miss a band environment or, or a duo environment at least i i really love playing with other people and other musicians i think that's that's probably my favorite way of making music like most of the solo thing is out of necessity more than anything else but you know it's it's always my preference to be collaborating with other musicians even if I'm not the center of the the project that's that's cool I've done that too plenty of times and I do that currently so um but just just being in a room with other musicians and seeing what can happen is always a lot of fun for me um just 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 to see where that goes and see what you can create you know yeah. um yeah. and the sound of the album is is a big sound actually so it does feel like there were quite a few people either in the room I don't know if you recorded live or or at least coming into the studio yeah I mean there's a lot yeah there's a lot of layers there's a lot of instruments and and um oh look in a perfect world it would have been done in a studio where I could have had everyone together and but that that little pandemic thing kind of got in the way of that but but I think in some ways, whilst that is probably my preferred way to record, generally it's not always possible and finding a space and all that to do that is, is you know, but but it was kind of a case of building it up from from the ground when, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd already done a lot of kind of basic demos of the songs and, and did some stuff myself and brought that to the, to the sessions. But it kind of all ultimately started from... Dean, um, who who recorded and produced the record with me, 
it was, you know, he's got a recording studio in his house and we just sort of said, well, let's just try a couple of songs and see how that all, see what we can do with that. He was, he was, you know, keen to, you know, we've played in bands together. We've been friends for a long time and he knows what I do and I trust him and, you know, we have a good friendship and relationship and understanding musically. So I always knew something good would, would come of it, but, um, you know, it was still a case of let's just see where it goes and have a bit of fun and, Thankfully, the results are pretty great, and and you know everyone has anyone that's heard it has 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 said that too. They've all said, "Oh, no, you did a great job on that." So, mm-hmm. and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Well, I actually I couldn't find some producer credits for the album, and you've just mentioned that you did produce it with Dave because you have a background in audio engineering. So I was thinking, at the very least, you must have done some sound engineering on it. I I like I said, yeah, I've I've never really gone too far into being a sound engineer i studied it a long time ago back when i first started playing music more as a more as a just a general thing to have an understanding of the process and and be involved in that and but um but these days i'm I'm a bit more hands-on at home doing just demos and recordings at home so when i'm when i'm working on song ideas now i'm you know i've got the gear to actually capture it and do it as much as I can to a point where then I can at least take a, a mostly finished song to someone like Dean or whoever down the track. But, you know, at least the 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 essential elements are there. And if we want to retrack stuff or, or run, you know, some of the stuff that's on the record was stuff I did it here and we've kept some of the, some of the, the takes or the, the, you know, the essential parts and then we've added new bits and, you know, so there's a bit of, yeah, there's a combination of stuff going on with the, the final, product but um but yeah that's um and that's something i want to do more of as well you know um but living in a small apartment in the inner west is not conducive to making too much loud music too often but but i get away with a fair bit as it is so yeah and you mentioned that you, you know, the Marrickville a song um, came out in a rush, and it's not your usual way of writing songs. When you're writing songs, are you someone who starts with with like a note on a phone or a voice memo, and then you build it from there? I'm, I have like a huge bank of guitar noodles, chords, right. riffs. I mostly start from just creating something that sounds interesting something that i you know i might just be every time i pick up a guitar i basically come up with some sort of new idea whether or not it's actually that interesting or original is is up for debate but at least it's something that might go somewhere and if i you know and if i play things for long enough some of them stick and some of them sort of disappear and occasionally i might go back through my phone or the you know the stuff on the computer and dig out something that feels like maybe now's the time to have another go at that. And where am I at with that? You know, sometimes some of these things could be months or years before I come back to them. So it just depends. So, yeah. I was talking to an artist recently who has a home studio and she said she just knows now that when she goes in there, she just starts recording. So like, it doesn't matter like whatever she's intending to do. She just starts recording in case she captures something. So do you tend to do that? I, I do that occasionally. I probably should do it more often, but I, I know better, but I don't always do it. But yeah. But you know, when I think I'm onto something, I'll start, I'll start recording and just 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 to have it there as a reference. And you know, sometimes I go back to try and play something that I came up with a while ago. And sometimes I have no idea what I played and I have to actually figure it out. Yeah, sometimes right. I don't even necessarily successfully figure it out either. So yeah. Yeah. But um 
yeah, but, but it's a good, it's a good, it's a good habit to get into. I think so. Yeah, I should do more of that. And you mentioned, you know, having things from years ago. If you go back to those things that you've recorded, whether it's a riff or a chord or a melody, is it that it's actually stayed in your brain and you've been thinking about it? You think, okay, I'm going to retrieve that, or is it just that you're you're going through what you've recorded and you find things that are a bit older? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I could just be playing the guitar, and then suddenly I stumble across that again, or I or I deliberately go trying to remember a certain song. You know, as I said, I might have been tinkering with it a little while ago and then didn't get anywhere, so I might come back to it. Or, you know, it's the same with lyrics too. I write a lot of lyrics down that I sort of think, well, that could be useful for something down the track, and right. I go back to it. But I'm not I'm not one of those kind of people that writes prolifically, you know, just words on pages and then can go back to, you know, there's bits and bobs here and everywhere there, but it's not, it's not, yeah. I, I'm, you know, it's not, my forte is not, the, the lyric is the harder, the harder component of songwriting for me. It always has been. So, yeah. But right. as I said, in some cases, it just, some days it just, it comes out all, mm. in, all in the flash and then the rest of the time it's, it's weeks, months and years in the making. So, yeah. Well, and, you know, I guess when they're hard won, um, you get to appreciate them more because they have taken quite a bit of work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's not, I don't, I don't, I don't have the luxury of having tons of songs to necessarily fall back on, but, but I've got enough now over my lifetime to at least feel I've got a, a body of work that's, you know, it's there and, and I'll, you know, always be wanting to add to that, you know, I've got plenty of, new song ideas that are a few that I've played you know recently and just experimented with and there's a few songs there that no one's heard yet but hopefully soon but you know yeah now you grew up around music because your father was a musician was he actually a performing artist he was when he was quite young but as you know by the time I came along he was just a just a home strummer and you know just loved music and so there were guitars around and I gravitated towards those, um, you know, and, but I've always loved music. I, I was always, you know, we had a lot of music played in the house. So it was just a natural thing. My brother was also a musician. So, um, right. you know, so there's definitely a track record of that. <laughs> yeah. And from what I was reading, Neil Young was an early influence on you, but which other artists did you grow up listening to? Yeah, you could say that my family was a bit bit nuts for Neil Young, um, and it transcends just my father. My entire extended family on my father's side were all a bit, but he led, he kind of led the way with that. But um, so yeah, I mean, look, a lot of that seventies folk singer songwriter stuff, the Eagles, America, Dylan, Zeppelin, you know, that was the kind of stuff that I listened to as a kid. As I got a bit older, obviously, I, I you know, my um my era was probably the early mid early nineties, mid nineties grunge and alternative right. rock scene, and that's kind of where my original band and stuff music kind of came out of that. So the sort of music I was making when I was a lot younger was very different to what I'm doing now, but you know, heavier, but you know, still, but at the same time, I still appreciated all sorts of genres, you know, throughout that whole period as well. So, but yeah, my taste mellowed a lot more as I got, <laughs> you know. Now I got matured. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. But, I, you know, I mean, 
like I said, I like a lot of stuff. So when when the whole mid two thousands, you know, rock revival of you know mm -hmm. the Strokes and all that kind of, you know, I mean, that was still, yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's been lots. Yeah. So were you in the time period you mentioned? Were you going and seeing a lot of Australian bands live in pubs back when pubs <laughs> in in the inner city still had music? Yeah, I've been a I've been a big gig goer from as long as I can recall, like from yeah, the earliest because yeah, I mean I was there for that sort of the latter part of the 90s, mm -hmm. you know, indie revival, or you know, I guess. You know, there's a lot. I'm, I'm noticing how much nostalgia there is lately for that period of time in Australia and particularly here. And um, yeah, I was there for a lot of that. And there were a lot of great bands that came out of that period that I, some of them I still listen to a lot today. Some of them don't play anymore. They've broken up or, you know, but there's a lot of bands that have reformed recently. And, you know, one particular that comes to mind would be. Blue Bottle Kiss, uh, they're mm -hmm. a band I used to see quite a lot and we even managed to put a small gig together with them many years ago um, with my first band. And, you know, so they, and they've recently did one of those kind of reunion things as well, which was well received. So, yeah, but lots of that, that you know, the Home Bake Festival and Big Day Outs and all that, I, you know, I was at most of those kind of when I was in my, around that time. So, yeah. I yeah, I remember the Homebag Festival as well. It was a great idea. It's, I kind of wish it would come back sometimes. Yeah, it was probably one of my favourites, yeah. It was yeah. in the domain. It was very handy. It was, especially when it rained and turned into a mud fight. And yeah. That was always fun. <laughs> so do you have any favourite venues to play around Sydney? Um, I mean, I don't play a, a whole of a lot in Sydney, but even though, I mean, well, I mean, it, I, I plan to play a lot more now that I've got the record together and and kind of a regular band that can do sort of bigger gigs as time goes on. But because I've been mostly doing solo stuff, I mean, I've played at a lot of venues over the years, but more recently it's just been sort of smaller ones, um, like the uh, Midnight Special particularly. I've done a few shows there and that's yeah. always been a lot of fun and it suits that smaller intimate acoustic kind of show, which, which I do quite a bit, so. Yeah, that's a great venue. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, probably this is my last question for you, do you have a favourite song on the album? Do I have a favourite song? Um, I think This Is Not The End is probably mm. the song I feel most proud of that's on that record. I feel like I pushed, you know, I've pushed the limits of what I'm capable of doing with that. I think musically and yeah, as a, yeah, as a whole, I think it's probably my favorite. Yeah. And actually, I like it's not my my last question because I just yeah. realized I wanted to ask you about your singing voice, which is such a lovely voice with such a great tone. I'm wondering if that's the voice you had when you were singing in a band several years ago, or in a duo, if it's something that you've developed as you've shifted genres. I think I've always been a reasonably good singer. I never necessarily wanted to be a singer. I think I became a bit a singer back in high school when the band, the high school covers band I was in, no one else really wanted to sing. And I was probably the best pick. So I kind of rolled with it. I mean, and I've, you know, I've never really formally trained as a singer. I've just kind of done it as part of playing music and 
I did find, though, when I lived in the Blue Mountains for quite a few years, that something in my voice changed. I feel like mm-hmm. I still haven't quite figured it out, but I have a feeling it has something to do with the altitude. And yeah, right. I don't know. It just I felt my voice got stronger in that time. And I feel like maybe it's not as strong now as it was then either. So which which kind of gives it more. Um, yeah, uh, I just yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how that works, but but it. it I do so feel interesting. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if any other musicians have experienced this or singers, I should say, but um, yeah, it's a phenomenon I seem to find. But yeah, I still, I mean, I, I don't think it's changed significantly since, but I do feel like I've got. I think I was singing the best I'd ever done at that point. Like once, hmm. yeah, so. Well, if anyone can report on altitude as being mm. influence, I'm way to yeah, find I mean, one. I don't. I mean, it's not that not that the mountains are significantly higher, but it is. It is. You know, it is higher than Sydney, and it's. I don't know if there's any merit to it, but it's. Yeah. It's well, now I'm thinking about yodeling coming from the Swiss Alps and whether that's <laughs> maybe it's the altitude um, that makes the yodel. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could be some merit in this. Well, your voice still has a lot of strength to it and it is on this album and it's a fantastic album, so I hope people listen to it. And Chris Carapetta, it's been great to talk to you. Thank you very much. What a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.